welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Gokey, and I am so glad that you are tuning in. Welcome. So glad that you're all here. So glad that you're checking this thing out. This is the introduction podcast. And in this podcast, I'll tell you a little bit about who I am. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what Front Porch Confessional is all about. What's up with the funky name? That kind of deal. And then I'll let you know a little bit about why I'm doing what I'm doing, why this podcast is existing, and why I hope you and your friends and your family and your neighbors and people, co-workers and school, people at school, all that good stuff, why I would love for you weekly to kind of check in and learn together. So uh, a little bit about me. I grew up in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I was born in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Shout out to Kazoo. Uh, what a cool name, huh? Kalamazoo, Michigan. I feel like where I was born kind of set the trajectory for the rest of my life. Like, I'm, one of my earliest memories is of this tornado that like ripped uh, this the whole downtown Kalamazoo like ripped it apart. So I, I have an early memory memory of, of, of that moment. But anyway, uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, my parents uh, were in this group in college. It was like a young marriage thing before I came along called the Navigators. And Navigators were really big on being together and memorizing the scriptures. And then, you know, my dad and my mom would kind of go door to door, share Jesus with people and stuff like that. So that's kind of the, the, the crew I grew up in. And and then this group became really, really close in Michigan, and a good portion of them moved down to Ohio and did life together. And so I grew up in the same church my whole life, uh, for the most part, my my whole life. And, and a lot of it was this group of people that were in the Navigators and kind of went down and, and went to this church, Abundant Life Christian Fellowship. Remember the name. It was a great church and a great community. And I always joke that I was kind of born uh, singing Amazing Grace, like I can't came out of the womb singing Amazing Grace. And uh, like we went right into church. I mean, we were all about church. My dad was an elder and a worship leader. My mom was a worship leader. You know, I feel like, you know, I'm always really careful about memories because I'm never sure what is 100% accurate and what I've just made up over the years. But, you know, I think my parents were... Um, they were leaders in the church. They, they, you know, I think they were really looked on as a, a pretty solid family. And I have early memories of uh, me and my two sisters, my mom and dad, around a reel-to-reel uh, recording uh, worship music. My, my parents would sing and we would sing as a family, a, a reel-to-reel for those of you who are Gen Z or millennial. It's like this tape and it kind of goes from a reel to another reel. Uh, there's no digital at all. It's old school. And so uh, we we did that. And um, I remember having devotion times as a family, kind of growing up in that environment. I remember accepting Jesus into my life uh, as a young as a young kid. I, I think it went something like, do you want to go to hell and burn or do you want Jesus in eternity? And I was like, I pick option B. Option A sounds really horrible. It sounds like, you know, burning and weeping and gnashing of teeth. That sounds terrible. Uh, being with Jesus in paradise with streets of gold. That sounds amazing. I think I picked that option. And so I got baptized in a dirty lake. Uh, I actually remember in my mind this lake and I remember how I was baptized. And I think we all went fishing afterwards. But again, that could be something I, I made up in my subconscious. But um, got baptized in this dirty lake because that's what you did. 
once you get saved, then you get baptized immediately after. And so I just kind of did what my parents asked me to do. I was your quintessential, and maybe this is you, good kid. I did, I listened to my mom and dad. I did the right stuff for the most part. I read my Bible. I prayed every day. I went to, we went to church, I don't know, I think twice on Sunday, once midweek. And then there was always like time at other people's houses. I feel like that was a part of my life. Just growing up at the church was a part of my life. Um, my dad my, was a teacher. My mom was a, kind of a stay-at-home mom, an awesome like stay-at-home mom. You know, kind of the kind of one that picks you up at the bus stop and has like a dozen cookies and just loves you with food. Like my mom loved me with affection and with food. And so, uh, but we didn't have a lot of money. We lived in this really big house. It was old, um, but it wasn't like big, like, you know, like luxury big. It was like big, like, oh my gosh, this house is so old. Who's ever going to take care of this house? And the Gokies were like, we're in. And so this house was on top of uh, a hill. So it was like on either side, it was a hill. And we were like, right. We were like a city on a hill for the world to see our house was. Um, and uh, I remember this tree in the front yard that I used to just climb up and sit up there and and uh, climb around and it was awesome childhood lots of fun i had a machete when i was a kid my parents because we didn't really have video games and so they gave me a machete and i went and chopped down trees i actually tried to build a canoe with a machete because uh, i'm a three i'm an enneagram three and that's what we do we achieve so grew up in that environment grew up with not a lot of money, but we had a ton of fun. Um, but here was the interesting thing. I, I remember vividly moments where like people would drop off groceries because maybe we couldn't afford to get food that week. But my parents put me in Christian school, in private school. And to this day, I mean, I remember asking my mom, like, why, why did you do that? And she said, we were just really committed to seeing you grow up in the faith. And so Went to Christian school my whole life except for my sixth grade year because my dad uh, was a sixth grade school teacher at a public school. And so my sixth grade year, we would get in the car and he would, I'd go to work with him. And so we would, I'd go to work with him and, and, uh, and then we would go through these cards that the navigators had put out and, and it was um, memorization cards. So I remember every day on the way to school doing these memorization cards with my dad. And I hated it. It was just so monotonous. I just felt like, oh, gosh, I, you know, I didn't enjoy it. But I really enjoyed like when I would get it right, he would affirm me. And uh, so I felt good. And the crazy thing about all those memory verses is they just pop up for me all the time. I mean, I'll be teaching and all of a sudden a verse will pop up from OG, like way back in the day, old school from these memorization cards. And then I, I, I starting to realize like all the songs we sang during that period of time were all scripture. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Like it was all songs like that. So they're all like memory verses that for me will pop up from time to time. So went to a Christian school um, and then something really tragic happened when I think I was 12 or 13 that um, here this perfect family, everyone kind of looked up to for the most part. And um, my mom had an, an affair on a really, really close family friend and just left. I mean, she just left our family. And so here I am. The Christian faith, for the most part, for me, has been incredibly predictable. Um, you know, you do this, you do this, and this is what happens here. You go memorize these verses, you go, you know, pray, and, and it'll all work out. And here I found myself as a kind of 13-year-old boy in the midst of trying to figure out who I am, 
trying to figure out life with my two sisters and my dad, like who we are, how we're going to make it, all that kind of stuff. And then it became this kind of weird thing in our lives where, um, you know, you're like the, the family that the mom had an affair and everyone's talking behind your back. At least that's how it felt at my Christian school, how it felt at my church. I think people really cared for us, but it was kind of like scandalous. And so I kind of always felt that there was all this talking behind our back that people are always talking about our family. What used to be like, oh my gosh, they're amazing, then turned into, you know, it felt like, oh, that's so sad. And but I never doubted God. That's the weird thing. I never was, ang- I don't think I, I don't ever remember being angry. I just remember being like, okay, you know, this is when you need faith. And, and so I went through high school, got, did Bible studies, started during that time when my mom had left and my parents got divorced. I started playing the guitar. So started like maybe I could lead some worship, started leading some Bible studies, um, moved uh, to Christian schools. And then I remember, I think it was my, my, sophomore and junior year, I think, or my junior and senior year, I won like best Christian in the school award. Now, that's not what it was called. It was called the Conqueror's Award, but everybody knew what it meant. It meant like you were a model Christian kid because I was doing like every Christian thing you could possibly do. We were doing mission trips. I was going to prison ministries. We were, you know, doing leaving Bible studies and I was just inundated with living out this kind of Christian life. And uh, that worked out really, really well because I ended up going to a Christian college, uh, Moody Bible Institute. But if I'm really honest, the reason why I loved Moody Bible Institute wasn't necessarily that it was a Bible college. It was that it was literally in downtown Chicago, like downtown, downtown, I think like five blocks from Lakeshore Drive, beautiful, amazing, loved it. And I remember going and just skateboarding the, cause I started skateboarding at that time, started skateboarding, um, the city just wanted to experience it all. Imagine like grew up in Ohio, moved to downtown Chicago. Oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing ever. And in the time I started like picking up, like I wanted to be in a band. And so I had like all this distortions, pedals and massive, like half, uh, uh, half stacks. And I remember doing a tryout for uh, a band. Like it had like a little tab on the information board, whatever. And a little tab and uh, they wanted to, I wanted to try out. So I went down to try out and it was like they were doing worship music and I brought in like this mega half stack. I'm ready to shred. And I remember thinking like, guys, this isn't going to work. And so anyway, during that time, I started, um, started a band, met my wife, my freshman year, uh, which is awesome. Got married my junior year of college, which that is a a goal for everyone, I'm sure in college, like, you know what, I wish I could just get married my junior year. And then I had my first kid, Benjamin, my senior year, which I think is a goal for everyone. So I, I literally have a picture of me holding Ben, who I can't think, but probably nine months old. And then I had my college degree. And uh, that was the kind of how we started life together as a family. Patty and I got married at 21, had a baby at 22, graduated at 22, and then started my first year of, of ministry. And here's what happened during that first year of ministry, which I think is so important as it relates to this particular podcast. I had read the Bible my whole life. I went through Bible college and got a Bible degree. In that first year of ministry, I remember reading Blue Like Jazz. And I think there was something authentic about that book by Donald Miller. If you haven't read it, awesome book. Shout out to Donald. Thank you. Um, But I, I remember reading that book and it felt authentic. It felt real. 
And so I, I got a Bible, a different Bible, and I started reading it. And it was like the Bible came alive again, all over again. Like for the first time it came alive again. And I remember just every verse felt like it was me. Every worship song felt like it was talking about me. Every sermon felt like it was about me. And and um, I got actually got baptized my first year as a youth pastor. <laughs> first year as a pastor, I got baptized again because I felt like my faith was once again mine. Um, did ministry there at that church, loved that church. They gave me an opportunity to, to speak on a Sunday morning and do that. And then I started preaching and teaching at other camps. Moved to Arizona to help launch a church, and that didn't necessarily go well. And then I got hired by a, a large church in Arizona. And it was at that church that I was really given the opportunity to um, actually exercise and teach. You do a lot of teaching. So I taught a lot uh, for my youth programs, but then they, the senior pastor allowed me to teach on a main stage. And I think I went from like, uh, at that point, I had become a little arrogant, during that period of time, I started to think like I was a somebody because people were listening to me. People were affirming me. They were telling me the way I was teaching the scriptures like, oh, I'm just feel fed by you. And I started to build up, I think, some real egotism during that period of time, which wasn't good. Um, then I went to India and it was in that first trip to India. I led a pastor's conference and I got wrecked. I remember it was this leper, a lady with leprosy, no fingers, no toes, cataracts in both, eye, both eyes. And... Um, and I asked her, like, tell me about Jesus. And she started laughing and she says, Jesus is everything. I'm so happy. I need nothing. And I remember thinking like, I don't know that Jesus. And so I felt like a, once again, like I met Jesus again for the first time in India, came back, ended up leaving that church. I started, a um, at that time I, I started a, a nonprofit to help help millennials get re-engaged with the local church, started trying to unify the local church. Um, John 17, 23 says that they may be one, so the world will know the love of Christ. And I started thinking, wow, this is so powerful. So scripture started to become really practical again for me. In fact, Suresh, who's the president of Harvest City, one of the things he always says is everybody's doing, but no one's getting anything done. And I thought, oh, I want to live out that scripture. Faith without works is dead. And I started wanting to live and breathe that out. So we started Phoenix one, it becomes this really amazing thing. And then my son gets diagnosed with leukemia and I'm tested again at so much to the point where I think my wife and I had really considered like, maybe we just walk away from the faith. Maybe, maybe we're kind of done doing this, um, which was really a, a tragic thought. I had never thought that thought ever in my life, but it was really hard. And then once again, the Psalms, the word of God started to comfort me. You know, his promise to us is that he comforts those in need. And, and I sensed that and I felt that and it was real and it was authentic. I feel like for most of my life, I've thought and desired an authentic relationship with, with God, as opposed to some pre-manufactured thing like Karl uh, Marx would say, like, uh, religion is the opiate of the masses. Like, and I felt that so often. I wanted this real relationship. But it was through the scriptures that I started learning that. Uh, left there, I, I'm, I now live in California. I'm a pastor at um, Hillside Community Church here in Rancho Cucamonga. And when I came here, I came here guns blazing, ready to roll. And about after year one, I, I, I figured out that I really did need some counseling. We had adopted our daughter in Phoenix during that time. Um, really beautiful, but difficult. Um, 
And so I just like, I think I need some counseling. And so I started going to get counseling. The first six, seven months was pretty amazing. And then I realized like I really had to slow down and started thinking through life. And once again, found myself in the scriptures, authentically found myself in the scriptures. But I found it on my front porch. And on my front porch, I started waking up really early, waiting before the sun would come up and just being quiet, being still and reading just verses a little bit at a time. Like right now I'm in the Psalms and I've been there for about six months, just slow, listening, waiting. And that's why this podcast exists. I feel like I've, I've been rediscovering the life-giving truths in Scripture. I feel like this has been the story of my life and that the Scriptures have been something, the Bible has been something to me that's been a comfort, and, but it's also been something that's really challenged me. And uh, over these years, I, it's the thing that has kept me grounded. It's the guardrails in my life that has allowed me to kind of live and to breathe and, and, and to grow into an authentic relationship with Christ. So why Front Porch Confessional? One, this is where God's meeting me. I call it my sanctuary. He's meeting me on my French porch and he's teaching me things and I'm learning and growing and trying to be authentic. And I deeply desire uh, for not only myself, but for other people to reconnect with scripture on on a weekly basis. Um, And so this is just a little drop in the bucket. This is just a, a primer to encourage you and I to take a next step. So I'll just take a single verse or single passage or maybe two or three verses every once in a while. Maybe tell a story, pull out some thoughts, and we'll learn together. Uh, I'm learning, and what I'm learning, I want to bring here uh, for you to learn and for us to grow together and to figure out what it is to pursue after God authentically and using the scriptures to be the thing that's drawing us into his heart, into his mission, into what he's called us into. So it's this beautiful letter, this beautiful love letter that has been written to you and to I, and it's beckoning us into the heart of God the Father. And, um, and so that's what this is. This is just, let's, let's talk. Um, the podcast, they'll be around, this one's going to be a little bit longer, but most of the, most of the podcasts, I'm going to keep them to right around 15 minutes long. So on your drive into work or on your way to school or on a jog, it's just going to be something that, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we'll do them three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that'll just give you a little primer and maybe it'll cause you to go a little deeper. That's the hope. The hope is it'll take you just a little bit deeper and maybe you'll dig into that passage a little bit more. Maybe you'll open that passage and, and and start to say, what does this mean to me today? So that's the hope. That's the desire. And, you know, I'd love for you to, to share it, uh, to, to like it, subscribe. You know, it'll be a great way of encouraging others to, to do this together. Uh, I kind of feel like that's what it is. I don't feel like I'm uh, the one that's got it all figured out. I'm simply taking what I'm learning on my front porch and bringing it right here. And maybe it'll encourage you. Maybe it'll help. And maybe it could help other people as well. So thanks for tuning in. Super excited to get this thing going. And uh, we'll see you in episode one. Cheers. Cheers.